0: Hello, and thanks for joining LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Nurse Assessment Coordination, ANAC. I'm Shannon Johnson, the Director of Membership for ANAC and your host today. And I'm thrilled to be here with Mark McDavid, President of Seagrove Rehab Partners and a Licensed Occupational Therapist, for Episode 3 of our podcast series, PVPM Tips from the Trenches, where we are taking a look into what ANAC members are doing to prepare for the PDPM implementation this fall. Welcome, Mark.
1: Thanks, Shannon. It's so great to be here.
0: Great to have you. Let's uh, start today in the conversation with what are you personally doing to prepare for PDPM and what resources have you utilized?
1: Sure. So at this point, you know, with our clients, we're um, doing analysis on current data to find out what does it look like financially for you? Obviously, most providers are concerned about the transition from a financial standpoint. Uh, And and I know ANAC focuses uh, more on clinical. And so we've got to figure out how to marry those two in this new payment model and make sure that we're all being fiscally responsible and uh, are able to make it through to the other side. So at this point, we're analyzing current data uh, along with the 2017 claims data that CMS posted on the, the spreadsheet. Um, that shows all the providers where you can see how your claims data compared. Now we're looking at current claims data <clears throat> excuse me and um, analyzing that to see where are the pitfalls and where are the holes in, in data collection and documentation um, Oftentimes we're seeing um, holes related to section K and the speech piece. so are we collecting the right data as it relates to, Uh, modified diets and swallowing problems, and should we be be collecting better data uh, there and accurate data that would reflect ultimately in PDPM and a higher payment potentially. So just really looking at what we have been calling the pay-for items, and making sure that the data collection surrounding the pay-for items uh, is accurate and timely so that it gets captured correctly on the five-day assessment and not so much on the 14 and the 30-day assessment, um, but on that five-day so that um, once once we get to PDPM, we're not having to do IPAs to correct uh, or update information that we we may have missed on the five-day.
0: Great information. Data is certainly very important. So you recently presented at the ANAC and AADNS conference. Can you give listeners three quick tips that you had shared in your session on Section GG and how this section will be impacted by PDPM?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, I, I don't know that, that Section GG is really being impacted so much as Section GG is impacting PDPM. Um, as you probably know, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, Section GG uh, comes into play as it relates to PT and OT components Uh, as well as the nursing component. And so in today's world, um, Section GG impacts our QRP score, Quality Reporting Program score. But post-October 1, Section GG will impact your daily per diem, your daily reimbursement. So making sure that we're capturing it uh, correctly and accurately um, is important. So that's that's really step one. Capture it it correctly and accurately. Tip two would be, interdisciplinary team collaboration. Um, In my experience, as I go around and talk to clients and and folks, mainly therapy is collecting Section GG information. And in this year's update, the fiscal year 2019 update, Medicare was very specific in the RAI manual to add interdisciplinary language. Uh, So making sure that it's not just one discipline or one portion Uh, of your IDT, capturing that information is important. So therapy captures some, nursing captures some, and we're collaborating for MDS to come up with what's the code that we put on Section GG. And really the third tip would be source documentation. Uh, As we've talked about before, the MDS should not be your source document um, for the information that's there. So when you capture that Section GG information, where are you putting that? So if you think about medical review, and how medical review is going to change in the PDPM world. Um, we're no longer counting therapy minutes and ADL scores. We're now looking at all the pay and certainly Section GG is one of those pay So having source documentation to back up the codes that we put on the MDS will be important when we're defending our claims.
0: Great tips. Thanks, Mark. Listeners, please stay tuned while we take a quick commercial break. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Simple LTC. Skilled nursing providers all over the country use simple LTC Analytics to improve quality measures, optimize reimbursement, and prepare for PDPM. With Simple Analyzer, you can forecast and track PDPM reimbursement, optimize your primary diagnosis for PDPM, predict and track case mix trends, and thrive under PDPM. For more information on how you can master PDPM using affordable and easy-to-use analytics, visit SimpleLTC.com. Welcome back. Let's continue our discussion with Mark McDavid on PDPM. Mark, in your opinion, how do you think PDPM will impact therapy in general?
1: You know, when we started talking about RCS1 and subsequently PDPM, there were lots of discussions about um, decreasing therapy. And and I heard numbers like 30 and 40 and 50 percent decrease in the volume of therapy being provided in the country. Certainly, I don't think that we're going to see those types of decreases. Um, As we've gotten closer to PDPM implementation with the proposed rule and the final rule, and we're going to go through that cycle one more time before October. With what we know today, CMS has been very direct in indicating that they're going to be watching provider behavior and making sure that provider behavior is not drastically changing pre-PDPM to post-PDPM. So as you think about volume of therapy, if, on average, your building was providing 400 minutes a week of therapy um, for most patients, a- again, averaged across RUG scores, then post-PDPM CMS would expect that you're going to do the same thing, unless your patient population drastically changes. Um, that said, I think we will see some titration or some, some drop in therapy minutes, but, but a slight drop. And that will probably be related to being less dogmatic. Uh, around capturing numbers of therapy minutes. For example, if you have a therapist that calls in sick and PRN is hard to find, maybe you're not going to go replace those minutes for that patient um, on that day if it's not clinically detrimental to the patient. So when you look at those minutes, that patient would have a drop. But without a COT coming, um, that doesn't impact your payment. And so, again, we're probably going to be a little less dogmatic about that happening. Um, I also think... We will see, while well, we'll see just a small drop in, in overall minutes, I think we will see some drop in overall labor hours. What I mean by that is, as we transition to PDPM and the operational um, opportunities come back for group and concurrent, certainly the clinical opportunities for group and concurrent come back as well. And so, as we do more group and concurrent, um, you're going to see similar numbers of labor hours. I'm sorry, minutes in the building. But if we're doing that um, in a group setting and a concurrent setting, then we can do that with less labor hours, therefore reducing some cost to the provider. And at the end of the day, you know, that's really what this is all about as as Medicare points us and moves us towards the triple aim um, at, you know, better care and less cost. And so this is one way that we're going to be able to do that. So a little bit of drop in minutes, probably a little more drop in labor hours as it relates to therapy. I think for therapists in general, um, we're going to have to kind of go back to the basics. We're going to have to go back to um, understanding why we provide the volume of care we provide. You know, in the industry for a number of years now, literally two decades, we have at some level in some way told therapists how much therapy is provided or should be provided for each patient. And we've done that through RUG scores and such. And so now that those things have fallen away in PDPM, we have therapists, literally two generations of therapists who possibly have never had to exercise that muscle, the muscle of what amount of therapy does this patient need? And so now we're gonna have to do some training as an industry to help them understand what that is, and uh, as well as training in concurrent and group settings because it's been quite a while since we've done those as well.
0: Great. Thank you, Mark, for sharing this information and some really helpful tips today. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on LTC NAC Chat. Please note that this interview and information provided within has not been vetted by ANAC experts and in no way is meant to serve as legal or expert advice. If you're looking for PVPM resources and information, you can visit the ANAC website at www.anac.org.